Hey, fellowship. Um, this is uh, Seth Jones, one of the pastors here on staff, uh, sitting down with the newest pastor on our staff, uh, Claude Acho, straight out of Boston and uh, pretty much straight out of every state in the country. That's right. Uh, he's a jet setter uh, going from coast to coast. Uh, Claude is our Collierville Outpost pastor, and uh, he and I have been tossing around the idea of a spiritual formation uh, podcast. Now, as a whole, Fellowship has been talking a lot about uh, how do we communicate with the people of Fellowship uh, more efficiently, uh, more thoroughly, uh, and on a variety and a broad scope of topics. And as, uh, as that idea was tossed around, uh, Claude and I both latched onto, had a real value for um, spiritual formation. This can go up by a number of different names, uh, spiritual formation, spiritual disciplines. Uh, it Really, the idea is just walking with the Lord. Uh, so our intent uh, at this point uh, is really to hash that out, to, to discuss the idea of spiritual formation, to discuss the idea of spiritual disciplines and the role that they play in our lives. And uh, yeah, Claude has a, has a significant value for that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, this topic is really important in general, but in a personal way, I think for both of us, this is something that we have experienced the benefits of when we are engaged in the spiritual disciplines in our lives, and then also have felt um, the detriment uh, when we're not engaged in those and when we're not thinking in those categories and we're not pressing into those particular practices. So so do know as you're listening that we're coming at this uh, from the angle of people who are practicing this uh, alongside of you and not from the perspective of people who have uh, graduated to expertise in this area. So, Absolutely. So know that this is very practical and very personal for us. And so we're really excited to view this as a way of kind of collective communal practice and learning as we we share insights, practices, and really as we get further into uh, further into this topic and the episodes to come, really uh, doing the practices together and debriefing together on uh, what God is doing in our lives as we step into particular spiritual disciplines. So um, from there, though, it'd be great, Seth, to just talk about uh, sort of the, the what and the why of spiritual disciplines in terms of what what does that phrase even mean? Anything with <laughs> yeah. the with the term discipline in it sounds painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also a phrase that sounds a little bit unclear. Like, wh- what exactly does this idea mean? Spiritual disciplines. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and you can speak to this as well. Uh, I I come from an opinion that uh, I think that. I don't think it's an overstatement. I think the current American church is in a crisis. Uh, I think it's in a crisis of faith, to be honest with you. I think uh, what we have uh, kind of, it's a broad characterization, but I think it's fitting that the church now uh, is a dispenser of ideas, a dispenser of truth, which, yes, is an aspect of the church, right? Uh, I think to a point, to an extent, though, we have reduced Christian faith to be mental ascension to a certain set of ideas that allow you to get into the club that uh you know as long as you believe this thing about god this thing about jesus this thing about the incarnation or resurrection or justification all these things we we check these off and say yep got it check 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 now i'm in the club where and it's almost by doing that you make christianity something that is really just something to take advantage of after you die that once we die, because we agree to a certain set of ideas, we get entrance into heaven. Uh, but that's not what the gospel teaches, I don't think. I think it teaches that you get to get into heaven before you die. <clears throat> that um, when Jesus says, 
that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. I think that what, it, what he's saying there is we can actually have life to the full here. <laughs> you know, I think we can take that literally. Uh, that now, because of the Holy Spirit coming, and now we're the dwelling of the Holy Spirit, that we get to live in heaven right now. Uh, because heaven is simply the presence of God, that it's the pure and unadulterated presence of God. And I think through Jesus's life and his death and his resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit, we actually, we don't have to wait for that, that that's something we get to take part of now. And so now I think the church is in a crisis. I think uh, the church is often portrayed and sometimes rightly so as um, judgmental, uh, as this organizational body that just wants to be holier than thou. Uh, but really, it's just a lot of ideas. Uh, just make sure you, you subscribe to these certain things and you're in the club. I don't know if you've, you agree with that or had that experience, but that's... Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth there. I, I think, you know, connecting those insights to this idea of spiritual disciplines, you know, it helps, the spiritual disciplines help us to not stop our faith at the level of information. Right. Right. And so That's a good way to put it. um you can think of the spiritual disciplines in this way. It's it's not stopping at the level of faith, but it's then acting on our faith and putting it into regular practice mm. through disciplines, through uh repeated habits, repeated actions that change us. And when we think about um what happens when we become uh, disciples of Jesus, what happens when someone becomes a Christian? Uh, they are made new by the Holy Spirit. Uh, they are saved by grace through faith, right, in the finished work of Jesus, and they're given a new identity. And I think what you're talking about, Seth, is the idea that we don't stop with the new identity uh, that is placed right. upon us. That's and right. we're not, we don't stop at the reality that we are a new creation. We now take the steps of living out that new identity, that new creation which means we begin to experience the reality of God's presence here and now, or a vibrant relationship with him. And the disciplines are the pathway into that, or at least one pathway into that. So, so you kind of think of new identity ought to lead to uh, new habits. And that's, that's where the spiritual disciplines come in. And I think what you're pointing out is really important because we know this for ourselves individually. We often kind of stop at the reality of, well, I am made new. Right. But, but, but I'm my, good. But I'm good. My I'm good. my my actual practices are not shaped by this new person that Christ has made me. That's right. And that's where the disciplines I think come in. They can push us from information uh, into transformation, which is where the new faith is meant to lead us. You yes. know. But sometimes and that's really the cash value of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's funny is if you would poll, you know, just a random demographic of you know however many Christians, and you ask them, what percentage of your days do you actively spend engaging in your faith, whether that be through prayer or through the spiritual disciplines, you know, through uh, the acts of spiritual formation, I would be shocked if that number was more than 1%. Uh, I really would be. Uh, which is funny, uh, because we, a lot of times, the Christian walk feels hard, feels really difficult uh, to make those, quote, Christian decisions in the game time moments you know when the game time decision comes <clears throat> we have uh we, we have a choice between living a gospel-centered life and living a world-centered life and i think oftentimes that that decision becomes difficult but jesus said my yoke is easy and my burden is light right his teaching uh, a yoke was like a rabbi's teaching you know and he said mm -hmm. my yoke is easy 
So if his teaching is easy, why is it so difficult in those moments? I have a, uh, <clears throat> I have an eight year old daughter and a bunch of other kids, five, three, one. Uh, and <laughs> if one of them came to me and said, you know, I want to be, I want to be a famous pro basketball star like LeBron James. Okay. That's great. And I would encourage that. I'm a, I'm a good father, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but let's say at that point, they also said, I, well, I asked them, well, what are you going to do to actually get there? And they said, well, I just want to play basketball games. Well, immediately, any one of us would say, that's not the way to get there, right? Yeah. We would say, yeah. no, there, LeBron James has put in millions of hours off the court. You know, he spends a million dollars a year on his body, you know, yeah. just in health and preparation. And so when he gets on the court, it looks easy. It looks really simple to do what he does. He, he makes it look easy, but it's because he has spent hours and hours and hours off the court developing that aspect of his game. Yep. So if, my, if one of my kids said, I just wanna play the game, we would say, that's ridiculous, you can't do that. You have to spend so much time off the court. And I think what we have is, is a Christian crisis in the, in the country is we have uh, these game time decisions, right? where it becomes difficult to walk a Christian life, right? We're tempted, we fall to temptation, you know, the list goes on and on. But I think it's because we're not spending any time off the court. Yeah, We're not spending any time alone with God as he develops us into uh, new creations. Yeah, yeah, that's so helpful. It actually um, makes me think of a phrase that I had heard from a, a pastor in New York City who is, is really... Um, help my thinking on this topic, but he, he, he says that there's no formation without repetition. Mm. And it's really that like same, that. that same idea that, uh, we can be made right with God and justified and forgiven and adopted. We can truly uh, be converted and, um, and yet not really be formed by Jesus. And yeah. so, you know, no, no, as we're hearing this, you know, we're not, we're not saying the spiritual, you know, doing spiritual disciplines determines whether you're a Christian or not, not at all. We're, we're right. pointing to reality that it's very much, um, uh, truth for someone to be saved by Jesus and yet not have been formed by Jesus. Right. And, uh, we want to be formed by Jesus for ourselves personally. And obviously that's our hope for our, for our church community as well. And so that's why we want to press into this topic. Um, and I think that's what he means when he says life to the full. Mm-hmm. It's not just the initial justification. Yeah. It's yeah. everything it's that comes shaped. after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's being formed into that yeah. new person. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a couple of key texts that, that speak to this. You know, uh, Romans, uh, I believe it's Romans 8, 20, uh, 29 uh, says that uh, for those uh, whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Mm. This reality that God, uh, God loved us so much that he didn't just uh, save us, but he loves us so much that he's actually going to shape us into the image of Jesus. And so the practicing of the spiritual disciplines in the present uh, shapes us into the character of Jesus here and now. And just think of how beautiful that is, the the impact that that would have on our city, the impact that that would have on how we relate to the people we work with, uh, how we parent uh, if we have children, uh, how we relate to, uh, to to non-believers, how we display Jesus. Jesus talks about this in John John's Gospel that people will know that we are his disciples by our love for one another. Mm. Well, the spiritual disciplines help form us and shape us so that we would love one another, so that we would enjoy God deeply. Um, You know, 
there's no Christian that doesn't long to have a great sense of God's presence in an experiential way. And uh, what's counterintuitive, it's actually through the routine habits of the disciplines that we get those in-breaking moments of the kind of just sense that God is deeply with us and he loves us deeply. It's actually through the mundane routine practices of prayer, Bible reading, fasting, uh, confession. It's not flashy. It's not flashy. (laughs) And that's, I think that's what's so hard about it for me. I think what's so hard about it for most people is we think, man, I just want that mountaintop moment. Well, the mountaintop moment comes from, you know, the 15 minutes every day when you're half asleep. Climbing the hill a little bit. Cl- each climbing the hill a yeah. tiny bit each day. And and that's where the the sweetness of uh, that intimacy comes from. So yeah. um, from there, I would love to just give uh, one definition. There's a lot of different definitions uh, on the spiritual disciplines that uh, that, that you could find. I, I like this one from uh, from Donald Whitney. He says, the, uh, the disciplines are the practices found in Scripture that promotes spiritual growth among believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, we might even amend that to say the practices found in Scripture, but also derived from Scripture. Right, um, yeah. maybe, maybe not explicitly found there, but are scriptural uh, by their application. And the spiritual disciplines help us to grow and connect with Christ and, and, and with the Father. So um, how, how else might we flesh out the kind of practical nature of what the disciplines are, uh, some of the ones that we're going to be pressing into through this uh, series? Yeah, so um, I think the real value of uh, kind of participating along with us in this experiment, so to speak, yeah. um, is uh, that each and every week we are going to be taking a discipline. Now, if you're going to be following along with us, there's a book. Uh, it's called Spiritual Disciplines Handbook uh, by Adele Alberg Calhoun. Um, and this book has... Uh, quite a few disciplines. Uh, A lot of times, I don't know if you've got a lot of experience with disciplines or the uh, Christian practice, but uh, almost every book I've read has, you know, 10 to 12. Um, This one is not that. It has, uh, you know, dozens. Um, But I think that's good because it's going to give a very, very thorough um, introduction to the disciplines. And I do think some disciplines work better for others, you know, some, you know, just the way we're wired. And I think the best way to sort of dip our toe into uh, a large breadth of the disciplines is to go through something like this that has dozens of of different options. Uh, So what Claude and I were wanting to do would be to start with that first one, just celebration. Um, And uh, once you see the book, you'll see that there's, you know, quite a few disciplines, but that first one being celebration and just take one of these each and every week uh, and really focus in on that and try to do this regularly. And then yeah. to spend, you know, just a few brief moments uh, the week following just recapping, you know, what what did God teach us through this? What did we learn from this? Uh, how are we spiritually formed through this um, to really uh, give a gain a greater understanding both among ourselves and hopefully with those who listen to this. Absolutely. And do know that, you know, if you, if you don't pick up the book um, or if you're listening, you know, to episodes uh, sporadically, we're going to frame things, explain things in such a way that you can track along. Uh, We'll also uh, in the episodes uh, going forward, we'll also, you know, detail kind of how you can practice uh, that discipline on your own, uh, whether you have these resources or not. So, so know that, uh, your level of engagement, um, uh, will still allow you to, to really participate and enjoy and benefit from what we're, uh, unpacking and and doing. Absolutely. I also think it's important, like what we're, what we're trying to do here, we're not trying to give people more rules, you know, and more obligations. This is really, um, uh, 
this is this is training for a really deeper a, a lot deeper kind of life yeah um, yeah and these are not these are not necessities to salvation you know these are not you have to do these things in order to be a Christian, but these are the things in, that you have to do in order to really uh, live that full life with God, I think. I think yeah. they're, necess- they're necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, reminds me of First Timothy 4, 7 that says, train yourself uh, for godliness. Um, this idea that uh, we're not uh, saving ourselves by our godliness, but because of who we already are in Christ— we see the spiritual disciplines as an invitation from God into deeper relationship with him Absolutely. and the character formation that allows us to reflect Christ in a deeper way to those around us. And so not only do the disciplines give us the opportunity to grow closer with Jesus, they also give us opportunity to reflect him more powerfully to, uh, to those around us. So yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm really excited for what God's going to do uh, through this podcast, but also for myself, selfishly, to uh, have the accountability to press into these things with you. I think it's going to be really good. I agree. And just uh, to get to, for you, for listeners to know what to expect, we're not going to make these, you know, two hour long deals, you know, hopefully just to touch on it, you know, just a week, weekly touch point uh, to discuss it for, you know, maybe 15, 30 minutes. Um, and just the important thing is not the podcast time, but the time outside of the podcast right. diving into these practices. Yes. So uh, anything you want to add before we go into celebration? Listeners, um, subscribe so you can keep a keep in the loop with this. And there's going to be a lot more podcast content coming from us, but also just from Fellowship uh, as a whole. We're really excited about what we're doing with our podcast as a way to just continue to serve the church and uh, and help us stay connected and grow together. So so do subscribe so you can stay in the loop. All right, so uh, let's get started this week. So what is uh, what's going to be the spiritual formation practice that we are going to uh, test out this week? This week, we are kicking things off with the spiritual discipline of celebration. Oh, that's a good one to start with. It's a great one to start with. Uh, I think when spiritual discipline, spiritual formation comes to mind, celebration, it's a safe bet to say, is probably not at the top of the list. Right. But it's a great starting place uh, for a lot of different reasons. And one of the main reasons uh, celebration is a great starting place is because God is good. And so this discipline is going to push us to slow down and recognize the goodness of God. Which is interesting. It's like, I don't know how many people actually think of celebration being an active part of their their faith, like an an active part of how they walk with the Lord, like that being something that God actually calls you to do. Um, So that's going to be good to actually take that intentionality to to that aspect of your walk. Normally when I think of disciplines, it's just like, man— prayer, fasting, you know, yeah. solitude, silence, meditation. Um, so, man, I'm, I, I'm actually, I'm pretty pumped that this one gets to be, it's almost like an easy one to start with, you know? It's like, a great one. Exactly. Like, exactly. Uh, dip your toe in the water. Uh, exactly. It's not hard to celebrate, you know? We're pretty good at that. It's just adding an intentionality to it to yes. kind of recognize God's goodness in the midst of it. Uh, yes. Would you say that's an accurate way of kind of trying to go about being a spiritual discipline of celebration? Absolutely. And I think it's really important for us to understand as we're talking about spiritual disciplines and spiritual formation, we uh, defined that a few minutes ago um, as as going towards the practices that Scripture uh, describes in order to grow in spiritual maturity and grow in Christ-likeness. And we kind of added a little caveat to that definition where we said uh, not just the practices described by Scripture, but also derived from Scripture. And so when you yeah. look at uh, God's 
uh, work in Scripture throughout redemptive history. Anytime God moves, acts, or does something, it's followed by worship, right? It's followed by God's people responding. Sometimes it's followed by them not responding rightly, right? They don't obey, which is a lack of worship, which is a problem. But that response to God's work and act uh, is celebration. And so we could go to the Exodus story, right, where uh, God sets his people free and saves them to himself by releasing them from Pharaoh. Then you get this great chapter in Exodus 15, which is a whole chapter of celebration, right. song, declaration. Miriam gets out the tambourine, right? It's a great, beautiful passage of scripture. Right. Uh, Acts 16, um, uh, Paul and Silas, even though they're in prison, they are worshiping, they are celebrating the goodness of God, even though their uh, circumstances are completely dire. And so this is just a pattern uh, for for the people of God. So celebration is just really huge in the life of the believer, and it's a practice we want to cultivate. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It's funny to think about um, celebration can, like, a lot of times be seen as not productive. It's not a productive time. Uh, You know, and and Jesus, you know, his ministry was condensed to three years of walking on this earth, and the amount of celebration that kind of infiltrated his entire ministry it's pretty staggering. I mean, yeah. when you think about the amount of time he spent just celebrating, even though, I mean, he knew I've got three years to do this, you know, but I'm actually going to take intentionality to celebrate with my disciples, with my people, um, this gift that we've been given, which is union with Christ, union with God. Um, so what are some ways that you could see this next week kind of, what are, what are some practical here's how I'm going to do this. Like, here's how yeah. I would like to try this this week. Do you have any of those? Yeah, definitely. So as we mentioned a little bit ago, we're working from uh, the Spiritual Disciplines Handbook by Adele Calhoun. So you're welcome to pick that up, follow along. Uh, even if you don't, we're going to do a little bit of a summary. We're going to give you these practical things like uh, like Seth mentioned so that you can uh, be along for the ride along with us as we try to grow together. So, uh, you know, first, before we get right into the practical stuff, I like Calhoun's definition of celebration. Uh, she writes that celebration is to take joyful, passionate pleasure in God and the radically glorious nature of God's people, his word, his world, and his purposes. Yeah. Uh, so, which is just a really, uh, really great definition. Um, and so she goes on to say, uh, it's identifying and pursuing those things that bring the heart deep gladness and reveling in them before the Lord. So this could include sharing meals with people, working, serving, worshiping, laughing, listening to music, dancing, uh, and and so on. So so anything uh, where we are recognizing the goodness and the provision and the grace of God, and we are uh, savoring it and enjoying it, is is really an act of uh, celebration. So that's gonna be awesome, man. I know. I mean, this is like yeah. being invited to a <laughs> right. sanctified joyfulness party party, (laughs) right, to take the next seven weeks to look for those glimpses of God's goodness, which actually really fits so well with the sermon series of Ecclesiastes that we've been going through as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's do that. So for the next week, we are going to take a dive into celebration with intentionality, and uh, when we come back next week, we're just going to debrief our experience with it, you know, maybe uh, some things we struggled with or some things that we really took out that we're going to say, hey, this is something, this is like a forever thing that's kind of come into my life and uh, a great way to connect with the Lord. Uh, after that, we're going to be talking through some gratitude. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, we will, uh, we hope that you can follow along with us as the listener. Um, 
as we kind of go through these disciplines that you would also take this next week uh, to intentionally focus on celebrating the goodness of God uh, in your life. And then next week we'll, uh, we'll talk about some different experiences that we had. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, no, that sounds great. I'll, I'll add one thing because I know there's certain personality types that are going to say, give me explicit right. instructions, <laughs> like tell me exactly yeah. what I need to do. So if you're that person, uh, we, we got you covered. We'll, we'll just pull one of those. Uh, so here's, here's one if you're like, I, I, need, I need real clarity. Here, here's one, uh, one practice you can do for celebration. Um, so uh, recall all of God's gifts, provision, guidance, and love towards you. And to recall and to celebrate this, you could write a song of celebration, make a collage that represents your joy, write a poem of praise, play music and dance before the Lord if you want to be like David. You could memorize a verse of praise and repeat it uh, throughout the coming week. So if you're looking for a real tangible way to engage in this, you know, try yeah. try one of those things that Calhoun describes for yeah. us. One thing that popped in my mind, I think, you know, doing those things that kind of step out of your normal routine to actually do that. Yeah. Um, but I, but I also really like the intentionality of celebration being integrated into your current life. Like, yes. So one thing we do at my house, my kids love to dance. So we have like, it's not every night, but they do like this little dance party deal. Um, but I don't think, I mean, I can't recall a time where I actually intentionally took that moment to savor the goodness of God in my kids. Yeah. Um, Great insight. So I think it's going about those things in your daily life that continually give you joy on a regular basis, but almost flipping that to really uh, use those moments of celebration of the goodness of God. Uh, so I, I, I think we'll do a combo of those two. We'll come back next week and who knows what will happen, but uh, man, I'm excited to give it a shot. Absolutely, man. All right. See you next week.